Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding with me, Aaron Sigerman, and my co-host, Christina Voynich. Christina, what's in the news for this week? Biggest controversy in Miami, Gustavo making a comeback, Robbie official at Flex, Seth Frosi progress picks, Jay Cutler news approaching, plus Cedric McMillan as the interview of the week. Well, Christina, let's start right off at the beginning with the biggest controversy in Miami. And I know you've read my most recent gossip column. It came out uh, two days ago. And um, the numbers on this one are huge. And um, I guess that's there's probably two reasons for that. One, uh, it's an interesting story. And two, it's a slow time in bodybuilding news. So a lot of people are looking for something. And I, I, I timed this one right. Or I guess <laughs> I guess really Miami, this thing, the event happened right. And the event that I'm talking about was the biggest comeback award in Miami at the Return of the Legends show. Uh, that's the IFBB Masters Pro World contest put on by Jarko Lori. Um, this is an award that a lot of people weren't didn't know that was going to happen, was going to happen, and then weren't familiar with what it was all about. In all actuality, I hadn't heard of it and I didn't know about it till literally it popped up on the screen behind Sean Ray on stage in Miami. Wow. Okay. It, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't really announced. I uh, I wasn't surprised that there was a best poser award. Although five thousand dollars was awarded to Tricky Jackson, it was between Tricky and Darum, and uh, a five thousand dollar best poser award is pretty huge. Uh, I I don't think I'm trying to think back. I know that actually, um, I think Kai Green won the Colorado one when Sean was promoting the Colorado show, and I think. He he won either five or ten thousand dollars for that. But other than that one time, I can't think of anybody getting a, a best poser award for that much money. No, and that's what um, I had even talked about that on Muscle Girls. I mean, Tricky walked away with ten thousand dollars, and he yeah. didn't place top five. That's that's, a, that's Olympia that's, money. That's that's, that's winning the Olympia. That's huge, um, especially for someone that's in two hundred two and two twelve. Yeah, you know, at an open show, still walking away with ten grand. I mean, yeah, that's winning an open class at a regular show. It's huge. It's winning Mister Olympia as a two twelve guy or two two hundred two guy. That's what. Yep. Uh, that's what uh, Kevin English walked away with ten grand. Crazy. So this was uh, the biggest, quite possibly or most likely, I suppose, the biggest paycheck. That Tricky Jackson will ever walk away with from a contest. That's very true. <laughs> you know, um, this may be the uh, the highlight of his career, getting uh, ending up in sixth place, I believe. Yeah, sixth place and winning the Best Poser Award. So definitely a, a win-win for Tricky. Now for Bill Wilmore, this is even bigger because Bill gets twenty five thousand for third place, which it's it's very. You know, I have no problem with him getting third place. I really would have had him a little lower than that, honestly. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. He did look good. I'm not going to say Bill didn't look good. And I do think he was improved. He was definitely bigger than last time I saw him compete uh, at the Olympia and then before that at the Europa show where he placed a, a very controversial third place behind Mark Alvisi. That was a strange show, if you remember. Issa yes. Obiad came out of nowhere, won the show. Second place, Mark Alvisi, which was, I think, even shocked Mark Alvisi at the time. He looked He looked shocked. Um, and then you had Bill Wilmore and the guy that most people had winning the show, or at least second, Cedric McMillan, our interview of the week later on, right after the commercial break. Uh, and he actually goes through, Christina, he goes through uh, Cedric during the interview just to give you guys a peek on what you're going to hear later on. Cedric actually goes through the feelings and the emotions of being on stage getting fourth when he thought he either won or got second. Everybody told him you won or got second. All the people on the internet, all the experts, all the media people, everybody said first or second. So when he got fourth, 
he looked over at Mark Albisi, who thought he, he Cedric says he thought he was getting getting fourth, and they were looking at each other and they're both like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and to this day, Cedric thinks that they mixed up their numbers. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> that's what he thinks. That's what he thinks. I mean, you never, you never know. But I, I, that would be a big mix-up if the uh, if the the judging panel mixed up Cedric's number and Mark's number. But he really thinks that, to this day that maybe there was a mix-up in the numbers. I tell you what, though, Bill Wilmore did look really good at that yes, show. Yes, he did. This was this was a good Bill Wilmore, no doubt about it. So the controversy didn't come with the third place or the twenty five thousand dollars he won for that. It came with the. $20,000 for the biggest comeback award. Like I said, when that was presented, I looked at people around me. Everybody was like, huh, you know? And so you got to assume this award was created for the guys who were making a comeback. I mean, that's it's the comeback award, you know? Yeah, because it's a master's show. You figured you had someone like Samir Banut who'd been retired for, sure. you know, almost decades. Yeah. Um, who we haven't seen on stage in a while. And other guys who are, they haven't been competing in the last 12 months at minimum. I thought, when it, exactly. When I saw when I saw that pop up on stage at $20,000 and, uh, it, you know, the words were literally the biggest comeback award and under it said $20,000 and my first thought was oh this is for Samir you know what I mean because Samir uh, obviously didn't do well I think he got ninth uh, or 10th place or something he still gets $5,000 because everybody did except for uh, 13th place uh, I think that was uh, Calling Andreas Calling or something but I'm not, I'm not even sure who got who got who didn't make the money and maybe you know knowing Jarka he probably got money too but um I figured that's what it was for. It was for Samir because they figured Samir is not going to place in the uh, in the real money, which would be fourth through uh, first. So right. here's the money for Samir, you know, kind of like, you know, he's the only real legend legend that came back. Well, you know, I was shocked and surprised when they called back up Bill Wilmore to get this $20,000, additional $20,000. And I think everybody around me was very surprised and when I say everybody I mean everybody from Peter McGuff to uh, Dorian Yates who was sitting by I think everybody seemed very surprised not because he didn't look good because he did but just because he competed twice last year so uh, he did the Olympia he qualified for the Olympia arguably he could have been second place in a pro show so you know he wasn't bad last year so less than one year later he comes back and he's good he's a little bit better that's just to me seems like progress not a comeback Right. He may have won, I think, like you mentioned in your gossip column, like a most improved. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if you have, you know, most improved athlete or like a like they do at the um, at the Olympia for flex, like a rookie of the year or something like that. You know, that's somewhere where I think Bill probably would have fit in um, because he, he did look great this year. And I do think he was one of the most improved guys. But the biggest comeback makes it seem like you've been gone for a while and this is your comeback performance sure Um, not we've already seen you in the last couple of years i i would have thought that there would have been some sort of requirement like minimum of five years um of retirement i guess you'd say you know five years where you haven't been competing um that's what i thought a comeback award would kind of you know you know the truth of the matter is that it just it didn't strike me it just seemed illogical because it doesn't seem like you know what you know what it could be a year and a good comeback would be Branch Warren. If Branch Warren comes back later in the year after the tear and he competes yes. and does really well, that's a comeback, even though it's less than a year, because there's something that dramatic that happened or uh, you know some event that transpired that makes it a comeback. 
Um, and I would buy that. If it was Branch Warren, I, I would buy that. If we're going with recent guys, the biggest comeback to me is Dexter Jackson. If we're going to go, if we're not, if we're doing it like this, the biggest, because Dexter Jackson at the beginning of the year, his career was over. People were like, he's done. And he came mm-hmm. back at the end of this show and looks better than, maybe better than he's ever has in his whole career. So sure. um, that is, to me, a bigger comeback. The Bill Wilmore, I just didn't, it didn't make any sense. And I don't think it made sense. And I just want to say this, Christina, Bill Wilmore is one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. And I don't have anything bad to say about him. I even wrote him a note telling him, you know, there's certainly I have no bad feelings towards him whatsoever. Uh, I didn't didn't hear back. Probably he's not happy with me. But I just want to say that this is nothing towards him. He deserves, you know, the third place. And he would deserve another award with some other title, just not this one. And I guess that's where the drama, the drama really ensued with the fact that of those legends or of the older guys that haven't competed, the guy who did the best and impressed me the most was Roland Sircha. Uh I always say his name wrong. Sirlock, sorry. Roland Sirlock, okay? And okay. Uh, I know Roland is before your time, but when I was growing up in the 90s, uh, he was very popular. I didn't realize how young he was back then. He was in his m- mid to early 20s. Um, and that's when he really made an impact. He got sick and was... Uh, didn't compete for many years, didn't work out for many years. A year ago, he decided to do this show and he heard about it and had been training for about a year or so. So he looked great. I mean, he wasn't uh, most improved like Bill because he was not nearly as good as he used to be, but he looked awesome. He, he was totally peeled, very impressive. He was uh, in his better condition than anybody in the whole show. Um, and he looked great. So that was if I picked a comeback biggest comeback without a doubt without question it's not Samir Banu uh, it's not Bill Wilmore it's not Dexter Jackson it's got to be Roland because Roland if you're there and you've seen him he blows your socks off this guy was in great you could see at the press conference when he's just talking or chewing you see every muscle in his face you know (laughs) yeah yeah he was totally sucked out he was like you know in a kind of condition we rarely see guys in these days um so that was my vote, but you know, that's kind of where it ended, right? What, what are you yeah. going to do? It's that's the end of the deal. Well, I received an email from Pierre Lamely, who is a, a Team RX member and a photographer, and he sent me a copy of the email that uh, he sent Sean, that Roland sent Sean, because he was like, "I don't understand how did Bill Wilmore win?" Because obviously, it's a lot of money, you know, that he didn't win, and I'm sure a lot of people told him, "Hey, you should have won." Um, and that and, and that is really not news, you know what I mean? But how Sean responded was, we used a panel of legends, um, and the legends that were there at the show, and he lists them off, Frank Zane, Ronnie Coleman, uh, Vince Taylor, all, a whole list of the, the legends that, that Jarka flew in, basically. Um, these guys voted, and... You know, sorry, but Bill Wilmore is who they chose, and there's nothing I could have done or any one person could have done to change that. You know, you look great, but sorry, this is how it was done, right? Right, because you're thinking, okay, there was some reasoning behind why all of these people picked Bill Wilmore, so it is what it is. Right. They judged it, they decided that there's nothing you can do. Right, and Sean Raven says, you know, you looked awesome, your conditioning was amazing, bro. I mean, you can read the I, you, you can read the email word for word if you go check out the gossip column or look at the RX Muscle Forum where I actually posted the email. Um, so little does Sean Ray know. Roland is very close friends with Vince Taylor, who has lived in Germany for many years. 
Um, so he had known him. Uh, anyway, the the result of this is he sent an email to he forwarded that email that Sean sent him, and he sent him an email saying, "I don't understand. Can you please, you know, explain to me why you chose Bill Wilmore?" And Vince Taylor basically wrote back, "Sean Ray is a liar." That's a quote. Uh, I didn't uh, vote for anybody. I was not asked to vote for anybody. I didn't go to the prejudging, and I was only at the night show for a few minutes. Um, so that is where the story got interesting, Christina. Once I see that, you know, now it's time to start uh, verifying stuff and making sure that you know Vince Taylor really. This is Vince Taylor really speaking to Roland. This is Sean Ray's really his response. You know, you got to verify these things because obviously it could be all made up. You know. Well, and at this point, you're like, well, maybe I need to talk to the other quote unquote legends who were there and see if maybe this is just one of the legends that he mistakenly named that didn't vote. Maybe all the other guys did. Sure. So after I spoke to um, uh, after I found out for sure about Vince, the next person I called was Ronnie Coleman and Ronnie actually texted Ronnie and asked him, you know, who did you I I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to explain the whole situation. I just said, who did you vote for? And he said, vote for I didn't vote for anybody. Like, I don't know what you're telling. You know, I wasn't asked to vote. And I was like, ooh, now now it's getting good, right? Yeah. Um, so I talked to Samir, and Samir said that Frank was uh, was not at the prejudging. It was only at the night show to present to get up on stage and announce people for a few minutes, and that was it, and to see Samir. Um, and then I found out that uh, Lou and Frank Zant, I'm sorry, Lou and uh, Lee Haney didn't go to prejudging and were most of the time spent in the lobby at the night show. Okay. Um, they were another, only another red flag. Yeah, so I'm like, oh boy. So the next step um, is to contact Sean Ray, right? So I I text Sean Ray um, and said, hey, uh, you know, who did? Uh, how did this? How was this decided? You know, this award decided who who made this decision or whatever. And Sean Ray didn't know it was me. He got a new phone. He said when I spoke to him later, and my my contact information wasn't in there. So he wrote me back, basically saying. You know, I I chose the award. If you want to contribute money, first of all, he said, "Who who is this?" And then wrote back, "If you want to contribute money, then it can be your award. It's the Sean Ray Comeback Award." And I was like, "And he's like, I chose it. Sorry, bro." Basically, was it announced at the show when you were there that it was a Sean Ray Comeback Award? No, of course not. Of course not. Okay, I I was I wasn't there, so I was just no. asking if sure, they had sure. ever announced that at all. Sure. So that is uh, that is basically the story. You know, I took that and I and I decided. Well, first of all, I don't know. You don't. I don't follow college football, although I do know a little bit about the Heisman Trophy, and uh, I know that the voting for a lot of stuff, when it's voting on athletes or who should be in the Hall of Fame and stuff like that, most of the time, a majority of those votes are made by media or reporters. You know, because that's the person that's following the sport the closest. Um, obviously, sure. it's valuable. I'm sure it's valuable to some extent to see who past Heisman Trophy winners would like to have win. But in reality, there's no guarantee that I use the example of Jim Brown, you know, one of the best college players of all time. There's no there's no guarantee that Jim Brown is following this year's season of college football closely or close enough to make an educated vote. Right. Sure. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So I contacted all the people or as many of the people as I could get. At that point, that I consider experts, uh, Peter McGuff, the uh, editor in chief of Flex Magazine, when I was growing up, until Alan Donnelly took over, um, I contacted obviously Dave Palumbo, uh, Dan Solomon, the creator of Pro Bodybuilding Weekly. I contacted Isaac Hines. I contacted Ron Avedan, 
And I asked all these all these people, seven experts, who would you choose if you were picking the comeback award? And every one of them, of the seven, picked Roland. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty convincing, right? None of them, none of them, none of them even wavered on. Nobody said maybe Bill Lomar. Nobody. Um, nobody actually wavered at all. It was cut and dry. Roland, 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 Roland. Um, and of course, I would agree with that as well. Um, so. That was the uh, the gist of the story. Now, Sean Ray has put out a public response on the MD boards, and uh, his response is that it was always his award. He was the one choosing, and uh, he chose um, Bill Wilmore, and the buck stops with him because it's the Sean Ray Comeback Award, and it was uh, for him to choose, and he chose uh, Bill, and that's it. End of story. And that's the end of the story for Sean Ray. There's no explaining anything else. Uh, he didn't address anything like, like, did he lie to Roland or anything like that. Um, and, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, Christina, you know, I don't, I, if if I were Sean Ray, you, if you would have said that from the very get-go, there would have been no problem. He can say that. It's not, he, he is right in the fact that, if it's the Sean Ray comeback award and he's the one choosing it, he doesn't really have to give a reason, you know? No. And that's why if that's how it was announced in the beginning, it's Sean Ray picking the Sean Ray comeback award, then there wouldn't ever be any controversy about it. Um, But that's, that's why, because that wasn't announced that one little sentence could have changed the entire way this went down, but he didn't, no one said that. Yeah. So that is the gist of the column. Obviously, I encourage everybody to go read it and check it out on rxmuscle.com. But uh, that's the story as of right now. And um, it's, I, I feel like it's an interesting one. And I know that people uh, found it interesting, all the details we put into it. And uh, let's see what else happens with this with this thing. If there are any future events, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I have no choice. I get people send me links. And I looked at some of the board, other boards on the Internet. And people are still, are still vehemently looking for answers on this thing. So we'll see what happens. It'll be good to see uh, if anybody else responds about all this. Yeah, it may it may die out. You know, it just depends on how hard Roland wants to push it and if other athletes care. You know, I contacted Steve Weinberger. When you got a story like this, you got you to gotta go to the top and find out, you know, the deal. Um, make sure that everything is kosher. Like, I, you know, obviously if, if – Steve and, and those guys in the IFBB knew in advance this is the Sean Ray Comeback Award. I can't. I'm not going to write an article about it if they know the whole time. You know what I mean? That's the right. first person I contact. And uh, and Steve said they did what they were responsible to do, and which was to get the money for the prize money, make sure the prize money was there, get the sanction fee, make sure everything is legit, and then judge the competitors. This award had nothing to do with them. So, you know, he uh, he let me know that right off the bat. So it really literally. If Sean Ray handled it differently, it could have been totally fine. That's what I'm saying. One little sentence could have changed the whole viewpoint on that. Honesty is the best policy, huh, Christina? Amen. Uh, the next story is Gustavo Bedell making a comeback. Now, he's been talking for a while about making a comeback. He was on Pro Bodybuilding Weekly a few months ago, maybe maybe more than a few months ago, saying that he wanted to make a comeback and that he is planning on it. You know, he he is he has I believe he has four kids, Christina, over there in uh, Puerto Rico and he actually runs the IFBB in Puerto Rico. And um, it looks like he is doing it. Uh, he's got a recent picture from uh, December 15th that I put up on my Facebook and that's up on RX Muscle and 
he looks good, man. He looks, he looks, I mean, he's not ready for a show by any means, but he's definitely big. And uh, I expect we will definitely see Gustavo back on stage. I do know that he has booked guest posing show guest posings already in the United States right around the time of the Olympia. So I would imagine that, that that's a, a pretty confident Gustavo Bedell. When was the last time he competed? That's a good question. Let me look. I think the last time was uh, three years ago, maybe two years ago. Let's see. This is, I always check for this one, uh, muscle memory. You look at that. Did you ever go to that one? Yeah, yeah. I've gone to that before. I, I'm just trying to remember. I want to say it's been about two years ago. Um, I only say that because, you know, I'm, I'm half Puerto Rican. and um, He's your countryman. I, uh, he's, my, he's from the motherland. Um, I remember when I first started kind of getting into the industry and following uh, men's bodybuilding. Of course, I followed that first before I ever followed any women. Um, I remember either he had just competed or um, had competed like six months beforehand or something. So I was assuming it had been within the last two and a half to three years since the last time he's been on stage. I'm, muscle memory is working very slowly, Christina, but I am, I am rapidly, is slowly trying to pull this up. <laughs> no, it's, here he is. It's fine. I, I'm, I'm just wondering if, um, I got you know. Here. Okay. How did you, and, and I wanted to know his placing on the last show just because. Okay. He uh, competed in 2009. Okay. He did. Okay. Um, it was not a, years ago. So okay, two thousand. Let's two thousand nine. He did the Arnold Classic, placed eleventh. He won the Atlantic City Pro Show and placed thirteenth at the Olympia. Not a great year for Gustavo. Um, the year before that, he did a little better in two thousand eight, getting sixth at the Arnold, second at the Ironman, and then tenth at the Olympia. Now two thousand six, two thousand. These these next few years, two thousand seven, he only did the Arnold and placed fourth, placed eighth at the Olympia. Now this is this gets to be around the time when he was really good. Two thousand six, he was sixth at the Olympia, fourth at the Arnold. 2005, third at the Olympia. He won the Ironman, third in the Arnold. And uh, from that point, well, even the year before that, he got third at the Arnold. And then before that, he was kind of not quite as good. So I guess his really stretch of good years was really from 2004 till around 2007. And then kind of fell off in 2008 and 9 and then right. disappeared completely in 2010 and 11. So we'll see if he's um, ready for a good comeback, huh? You know, I, I was actually talking to. Uh, uh, somebody about him today, and we were saying that this is if he turned in his invite application for the Arnold, he made a very smart move. The, the I believe the invite uh, the application time is over now, right? It is. Um, so, it was last Friday, right? I, I thought it was last Friday. So he, he, if he turned it in, I give him credit because he's a smart, smart dude. Because he will get the he will get the okay for sure, guaranteed. He'll be invited, and with no. Um, as we know already, we know Branch isn't going to do it, uh, or we, uh, unless there's a miracle. We know Victor's definitely not going to do it, right? We know right. Phil and Jay aren't doing it. Um, Dexter Jackson told me in Miami he's not doing it. Uh, that leaves only Kai Green uh, from the top, from the guys that were in the top five last year. I guess you got Dennis Wolf will probably do it. Evan will do it. But this is a great opportunity for Gustavo to come into the Arnold and possibly even win, but definitely be a top three. Yeah, could could be a possibility. I mean, this is good. This will be really good timing for him. He picked the year because you know the last few years it's been super super ridiculously competitive. Obviously, of all the years to choose, this next year coming up in 2012 is a great opportunity. I, I think we will see Dexter Jackson do it um, because he'd be kind of crazy to miss it because this is the best shot he'll have at winning another Arnold Classic. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, 
and and placing I mean even if Gustavo does it and he places even top 10 top 5 after being away for so long that's still huge right absolutely absolutely I mean uh, if Dexter doesn't do it right that means that 3 of the top 6 from the past year Dexter, Victor and Branch will not be doing it right so that's pretty wide open it leaves three spots so wherever people would have normally placed had those three been doing it they can at least move three spots up and yeah. placing. And that's a that's a big deal if you're up there at the top that's a lot of money sure i mean the the, the difference i don't know for sure the numbers but i imagine the difference between uh six and third is about forty thousand dollars thirty to forty maybe even fifty thousand dollars between those pri- prize money yeah something like that significant money put it to you that way very significant <laughs> money um so that's what's up with, with Gustavo, and I think no matter what, we're going to see him on stage next year, rather it be the Arnold or a later show, maybe one of the Europa shows. Good. We'll be looking forward to it. Now, we discussed the change-up in the media, the bodybuilding media. The editors and chiefs kind of switched up there. We uh, had uh, Robbie Durant, the editor or the science editor and one of the heads at uh, MD, um, Switch out. He was running the website and everything, and right under Steve Blackman, basically took over John Romano and Dave Palumbo's jobs combined. And uh, he left and moved over to take Alan Donnelly's job at Flex. Alan Donnelly was the editor in chief at Flex. Um, that kind of didn't happen the way we thought. Obviously, Sean Andros, who was the online editor over there, moved at MD. I mean, excuse me, at AMI Weeder. He moved over and has now officially taken over the job that Robbie had. So he kind of played uh, switching uh, musical chairs there. The thing that didn't happen was that Alan Donnelly stayed on, um, and we were trying to figure out what was going on. Maybe it was kind of being speculated behind the scenes that Robbie Durant would just take over Sean Andros' job, and maybe he's just going to be the online editor after all, and that uh, Alan Donnelly would stay on a little longer. Well, it's official as of right now. Alan Donnelly is no longer there, and now we have Robbie Durant as the official editor-in-chief of Flex Magazine. All right. Yep. So uh, lots it, of change-ups this, this uh, 2010. Yes, a lot of change-ups. So it, it ended up definitely happening and that actually makes a lot of sense some people um in the industry people who were talking to me about you know like it seems weird to keep alan on even as long as they did because obviously you've got to every month you've got to come out with a new magazine the longer you keep alan on the less chances that robbie has to do stuff with the magazine also they've got the flex pro show coming up you know in february do you want there to be a switch over during the middle of that uh, contest preparation you know Sure. It seems like you want to get put it to you this way. When the new year starts, um, things a lot of things change in business. You would think that they'd want to have a switch before the new year. And Alan's contract, I believe, didn't end until March. So it seemed weird to keep him on all the way till the Arnold, you know, as the editor in chief. So I wasn't too surprised. I was actually surprised they kept him on as long as they did. Yeah, I think that surprised me too because I was assuming that he would be gone quite quite a bit earlier or when all the change up was happening um, I thought that they would probably just let him go well I could tell you right now Robbie Durant over there at Flex they're finishing up a new magazine right now so we'll be seeing the very first magazine with Robbie Durant as editor in chief coming out uh, I think not this next one but the, the next one the one that they're finishing right now it will be Robbie Durant's first magazine so that'll be interesting to see the difference yeah, it'll be uh, cool to see if he actually changes anything or if he keeps to the standards or if there are little things that change over time instead of making any you know drastic changes for the very first uh, um, issue. 
Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about uh, uh, Seth Frosey. Seth Frosey's over there at uh, Weeder, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. So this is one of the guys that's under Robbie now. And if you look, you know, uh, Seth has made some incredible progress. Incredible. Yeah, I saw his um, photos on Facebook. You know, it's one of those things you can keep up with everyone. You know, it's, it's funny. You can say Facebook. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I saw his photos posted not that long ago. It's cute because he's in his living room and he has all his daughter's toys everywhere. Uh, and there's there's pink stuff everywhere, which is pretty pretty funny to see when you've got, yeah, you know, big Seth Perosi chilling by like a pink pony. But, uh, no, he looks good. He is. Uh, he he really has outgrown the two hundred two. You know, it's funny when uh, they moved it to two twelve. I was like, man, this is so perfect timing for him. You know, because he was really already too big for the two hundred two. And uh, I figured, man, this is perfect. He's going to be you know one of the top guys in the two twelve. And then when I came to to ask him about, I think I I spoke to him about it at some point, and he and he said no, that, that, that him and Hani were going to go uh, into the open. And I was like, huh. You know, that seems like maybe ill-advised, right? You know, he was 202 on the button. 212 provides him 10 pounds of contest weight on stage. It seems like a lot of weight. You know, why would you forego doing that the next year? Because he was going to compete this year coming up at 212. So it doesn't, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Now that I've seen his pictures, he's almost 250 pounds in very reasonably good shape, wouldn't you say? Not yeah. bad. No, not fat, but I, I don't know. I think I would have liked to see him um, at the top of the two twelve. Personally, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, he's going to have to come in like super, super shredded to prove that that's where he needs to be is in the open division. Because I'm afraid that I don't want to. I don't want to bring up Jason Ha, but. I'm going to bring up Jason Hunt. Not that he's a 212, but, you know, he made the mistake of just trying to come in bigger and bigger and bigger, and then he ended up not looking so good. And it disappointed a lot of people. And I'm not saying Seth won't get in shape, but he's going to have to come in, like, 10 times more shredded than he usually does because he's going to be that much bigger. You know what I mean? I think that the, this is this is the logic they got to be using because, like you said, if he is 250, right, if he ends up being 250, uh, in the morning, you know, waking up empty at 250, he could definitely suck down to 212, I would imagine. I'm sure it's possible, right? The only thing I can think of is strategically, even if he ends up being 212 anyway, if Hani and him think that he will fare well in a open show, then it doesn't make sense to do a 212 show because the money's not there, which is the whole problem that I originally had with the 212 in general. If you're not increasing the money, you're just making the division harder. So somebody who is really good, like an Eduardo Correa or like a Seth Ferrosi, um, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like why do a show that the best, most money you can make is three grand or five grand when you could do an open show and may, you know, place third and get the same money or fourth and get the same money. You know what I mean? No, that, that's, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. But I mean, he's going to have to make sure that it's 10 over 10. I don't want to say over 10 pounds of, you know, contest muscle, but I, I don't know. I would have liked to see someone like that at the top of 212. I like Seth. Seth's a cool guy. Like, I know him and his wife. Um, so I'm I'm happy that he's making these improvements, but um, we'll see because I don't know of too many other 202, 212 guys that are now moving up to the Open. Um, I think Eduardo, um, it, that was the plan for Eduardo. Right, right. But I'm not sure. Now that now that it's 212 and he had the injury and everything, I don't know 100% sure. I think there's going to be a few guys, 
like Eduardo, and I think you may see a bu- uh, several guys doing two twelve show and open shows. Well, what what weight do you think Seth is trying to get at for stage? Is he trying to get down to two twelve? No, I don't think so. I think that he thinks like two twenty. I, I, I don't know if um, put it this way. I don't know what the goal is or anything but if it's my guess i'm guessing because i know that he said that he had a very very hard time getting to 202 um so i would imagine he is probably thinking around 222 221 something like that okay i mean and, and if, he may, if if that's the case that's good i think that if he comes in as peeled as he was at 202 at 212 he'll still do damage in an open show i wouldn't be surprised at all if we see him in the top three of an open show if he hits the right one sure uh, regardless you know he may even it's even possible if he hits the right open show that he would win or play second you know that's definitely possible for him if he's totally peeled you never know he's not he's not like a a big guy to begin with you know sure so it's just it's just hard sometimes when you see guys that have just great structure to begin with and they try to play the size game and they shouldn't and and, and they shouldn't be because sometimes they sacrifice um, the aesthetically pleasing physique that they had in the beginning just because you know they want to get bigger and get bigger and bigger I know it's bodybuilding and that's the whole basis of what we're all here for Um, but I just don't want to see I I just hate it when I see guys sacrifice um, good symmetry and, and good good solid classic physique for you know another 10 pounds i think i think a lot of times that when when people talk about that it's because they're not really gaining the 10 pounds of muscle to begin exactly because it's not 10 pounds of muscle it's maybe like three or four is really all that it is right that's what i mean so like if he ends up being i mean he was really really peeled uh in dallas when he won and uh at 202 if he's that peeled at 212 i'm not i wouldn't be that surprised if he wins an open show if he gets to the right one you know if he if strategy plays out right and and he gets to the right show where there's not a uh, a big name in it I, I wouldn't be surprised so you know hopefully that's what he does and if he gets to 220 221 looking like that even better he'll, he'll most certainly do really well absolutely uh, the next one is just a rumor i'm gonna i'm gonna put it out there like that so jay cutler <laughs> sent out to me that he that he is on twitter said that he big news is approaching. He's about to make some big news. So I'm willing to do a little speculating. He, I don't know anything. I'm not in the, in the know. He, everybody says that nobody knows what he's doing. Okay. But I'm going to go out and I'm going to make a guess. And I'm going to let you make your guess first. What do you think Jay Cutler is doing? <laughs> you can't do this to me. I didn't even know what the story was about. Before I just want to guess. <laughs> I'm not basing this on anything. He really won't tell me. I've asked and asked. I asked privately. I asked, you know, I, pri- I privately wrote him and asked him, said, come on, tell me. He won't say anything. I really don't know. I know a lot of his friends personally. Nobody will tell me what he's doing. Everybody says they don't know, they, that he's keeping a secret from everybody. But apparently the news will be out very, very shortly. Um, and it's going to be something big. So what's it going to be? I, 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 I don't know. Use your logic. Use that big brain you got in there and give me a prediction. That um, you won't well, get in trouble like, if you're wrong. He, I won't punish he's, you. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's not officially gone from Muscle Tech, right? Um, his contract with Muscle Tech ended November 31st or no, the end of November, so he's gone from Muscle Tech. Okay, well then, yeah, then I'll I'll say he's announcing a new sponsor. Announcing a new sponsor. Okay, that's just, that's that doesn't seem like big enough news to me. Um, well. But, uh, 
Well, here's the thing. Even if, even though it doesn't seem like that big of news, you're at least getting everyone wondering what is it, what is it, what is it, and then when he signs with X. YZ Nutrition, it's like, holy shit, who, who's XYZ Nutrition? What do they have? Jay Cutler's taking their product. I want to take that product. If you're, an, if you're an average guy who wants to take what Jay Cutler is taking, it's a possibility. You got to hype it up. Okay, okay. That's, that's a, that sounds like a safe prediction. I'm going to say that he is starting his own nutrition line, and then we're gonna, he's going to call it Swole Monkey Nutrition. That's what I think. Cause Swole Monkey is his like thing, you know. That's his like brand name, Swole Monkey. Okay. So I'm thinking he's starting his own nutrition line, and he's going to come out and introduce it instead of building somebody else's brand. I think that he is going to try to build his own brand. That is my prediction. That that could be a possibility. Either that, or maybe um, do you think? Uh, something like a new restaurant or something it's like possible. that. It's possible. The rumor, the rumors I've been hearing is that it has nothing to do with bodybuilding. But I'm not going to predict something that far out there. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to get it right. I'm trying to beat you. Um, so I, I want to predict something safer than that. Although you never know. I mean, with Jay, he is a consummate businessman, and uh, he, as you've seen with like Beats by Jay, he's willing to try anything. So if, if there's money in it, and Jay thinks that it can be successful. I think that he would not limit himself to bodybuilding. That wouldn't surprise me at all if he did something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Or a nightclub. I know he loves night. He loves fashion. Maybe he would do a fashion line. You know, uh, Jay is definitely into like clothes and stuff. Now I don't know how he developed into that because he certainly doesn't start off with like a uh, a great fashion sense. But now he is like uh, the fashionista of pro bodybuilding. So maybe uh, it'll be fashion. Maybe he'll be starting a Vegas nightclub. I could see a restaurant. I could totally see that. But I'm going with Swole Monkey Nutrition. That's me. That's my prediction. Okay. All right. Or could it be something like uh, Ronnie Coleman is doing where he's kind of distributing could be. Um, other products as well? Ronnie could would be, be pissed about that if he was uh, if you <laughs> the Jay Cutler Nutrition. There's there. next controversy. Here we come. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. They'll be fighting it out at the next expo. Uh, exactly. Um, I have to make a correction from last week. I made a mistake and or I, I made at least potentially made a mistake. I got an email saying that I uh, that they were concerned that Nathalia Mello that I made her sound like she was too poor to compete I do not I definitely do not oh. not alluding to the fact that Nathalia is broke or doesn't have any money or anything like that just the opposite actually I think Nathalia does very well with her new Trex contract and I know that she like I said she works at the Blue Martini at the VIP bar she's very successful has a lot of regulars and definitely is and when I said that I meant it in the sense that when I said she can't afford to uh, not work, I meant like she does so well there that she wouldn't want to miss a lot of work to compete over and over again. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we were. Um, that's what I meant. Alluding to that yeah. because because us bikini girls don't get a whole lot of cash when we win, um, she would probably make four times the amount of that at home if yeah. she was you know at home. Not that she would be losing money, but she could probably bank a lot more if she was working. And hell, I would do the same thing. I think that's what we were trying to get across yeah. maybe it didn't come across that way so well yes, i totally <laughs> i totally did not mean that i i know she's does very well and she is there is absolutely no reason not to compete as far as like not having the money new is a great sponsor and they take good care of her so if if i did make it sound like that i definitely didn't mean to and uh I, personally i like nathalia a great deal and it's no surprise to me that she's successful in anything that she does 
absolutely 100% agree with you yes ma'am so Christina, that is the show for the week. Our interview of the week is Cedric McMillan. This was my first opportunity to interview him and the first time you'll ever hear from him at RX Muscle uh, as he's been with MD. And uh, before that, I didn't even know about him. You know, he kind of came out of nowhere, was signed right after Nationals. And uh, this is the first opportunity I've had to uh, actually interview him. Very nice guy. I know you and Mike know him. And uh, I think that after hearing this interview, if you don't know Cedric McMillan personally and you haven't heard a whole lot from him, because even when he was with uh, MD, I feel like, you know, when he's been on the Sean Ray show and Sean Ray interviews people for like 30 seconds to two minutes. So this will be the first time you hear it. This is over an hour interview. Um, and, and me and him, I have to say, I'm very grateful that he took he really took about two hours out of his out of his evening um, to talk to me because we spoke a lot on the phone beforehand before he even started the interview. So this is a guy who is very busy with work and family and kids. And he took time out to, to uh, for you guys at RX Muscle and people listening to the show to get to know him. So it was pretty cool. Good. And yes, we, uh, Mike and I, we, uh, we like Cedric. He's such um, a genuinely nice, cool, down-to-earth guy. So I'm excited to get him on the show this week. Yeah, and you know, Christina, he's one of these guys who lives his life in a very positive way. Uh, manner and like I know you know when you hear from him you'll, you can tell that he is somebody that uh, that just lives like kind of like as normal a life as a, a pro bodybuilder can live and he's looking out the, his values are on track with what I believe is uh, you know good and right you know what I mean he, he just seems like a solid individual no, that's good. He, he really does. Um, and I think, like you said, you may get to know Cedric a little bit better after uh, you listen to this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. If you don't know him now, by the end of the next hour or so, you will. Christina, Sounds good. Uh, as always, you can contact Christina at C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A at rxmuscle.com. Christina, they can hear Muscle Girls Inc. with you and Diana Dahlgren. And uh, what did you have this week? Yes, uh, you can follow us on Twitter muscle at Muscle Girls Inc. You can send us an email, musclegirlsinc at rxmuscle.com. And then this week, we actually have Allison Fran on. Ooh, um, Allie Fran. Allie Fran, uh, IFBB figure pro turn pro this year at Team U. Um, for the guys that want to listen, she's super hot, so listen. And uh, interesting, she talks about a lot of things, but um, I don't know if a lot of people know, she actually had brain surgery. I didn't know that. Um, yes, so she talks about uh, how that came about and how she recovered and all that. So really interesting interview with her oh very cool uh chris uh ali and i uh are friends and, and we actually have our own uh handshake so yeah, maybe, maybe you'll get <laughs> that, to see that that must point. be legit then you must be real good friends oh, oh come on not like that we're like boys, I'm, we're boys. No, I, I, I'm just i'm just saying like you know you're really close because you got a handshake yeah you're just jealous because you want a handshake i know i, I want to i've been your co-host for like a year now or something and i still don't have a handshake we'll come up with a handshake next time i see you thank you thank um you. so uh if you want to contact me as always jubaka at rxmuscle.com jubacca and uh, that's it for this week. Guys, come back after the commercial break and check out Cedric McMillan. Thank you, Christina. Thanks. Are you tired all day, not making the gains you like? Are you taking a long time to recuperate from your workouts? Then you may be suffering from sleep apnea and not even know it. Sleep apnea affects over 68% of athletes and it may be interfering with your performance. WinningEdgeSleep.com was developed by IFBB pro athlete Dr. Derling Castro to help athletes find out if they have this problem and how to fix it. WinningEdgeSleep.com because sleep 
is the most anabolic agent there is. WinningEdgeSleep.com. Visit them today. Hydrolyze Ultra, the leader in cellular hydration water. Hydrolyze Ultra water has been designed by shrinking and reshaping molecules to allow a faster and more sustained delivery into your cells. Our cellular water has gone through a magnetism and laser treatment process, along with adding electrolytes to our special ingredients. This allows all nutrients to be absorbed at a maximum cellular state. By using Hydrolyze Ultra, all nutrients, supplements, and carbohydrates you consume will be absorbed at a greater rate. Lactic acid gets flushed faster, and you'll feel full hydrated. Get the advantage that top athletes have achieved. Try Hydrolyze Ultra today. Visit HydrolyzeUltra.com That's HydrolyzeUltra.com RxMuscle.com Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth. On bodybuilding, diet and exercise, up to the minute news and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, RX Muscle Place. Visit RxMuscle.com. Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding. I'd like to welcome, for the very first time to the show, Cedric McMillan. Cedric, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, what's going on, Access Bodybuilding? How y'all doing? Thank you very much for coming on, Cedric. I wanted to, you know, uh, we haven't had, or I haven't had the chance to interview you in the past because you've been with MD and everything. So it's a it's a pleasure to finally get to talk to you. And I kind of wanted to start um, beginning before bodybuilding. You know, I've read a lot about you. I'm sure a lot of people have seen videos and heard interviews before, but I don't know a lot about your uh, your childhood and kind of like about your folks and what got you into uh, what you did as a, as a kid before bodybuilding. Okay. Well, um, I can remember when, and I, yeah, I've told this story a few times, but when I was five years old, man, and uh, I'm, I'm laying on the floor uh, while my mom is sitting on the couch and she's flipping the channels on TV, and she came by this channel that was covering a bodybuilding show, and uh, it was a woman, and she was doing a routine or whatever, and I, and I looked back at my mom, I was like, Mom, I say that woman can't dance. All she's trying to do is show her muscles. <laughs> and my mom, my mom was like, "That's what she's supposed to do. This is a bodybuilding competition." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So you know, we flipped through a few of them, and then I went to use the bathroom. And uh, when I came back from the bathroom, she was like, "Man," she said, "You should have seen this man that was on there. His legs look like balloons." And I was like, "For real?" So another guy came out, and I, I was just amazed, like straight up. It was crazy how much. That, that I was kind of like attracted to, you know, a muscular physique in a sense. Like I immediately was like, "Oh, I want to look like that," you know. So, um, so, so that was my first, uh, first, first time being exposed to it. And from that day forward, you know, I used to draw superheroes and make comic books and stuff. And I was always drawing, you know, muscular physiques, you know, muscular men, muscular women. I was always drawing that. Does your Does um, your mom remember that, Cedric? I mean, I know you do. But yeah, mom yeah, yes. Yeah, she remembers it because wow. she even told me. She said, "She said, do you remember when? Do you remember the first time we looked at that bodybuilding on TV?" Wow. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Um, and from then, here's here's Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, with Conan and and all that. And um, let's see, what's that? What's the other movie? Uh, it was a movie. Yeah, the, the Predator came yeah, out. Yeah, um, yeah. That one movie where he had to go get his girl, his daughter got kidnapped. I can't think of the name of it. Uh, um, what was that one? Oh, yeah, 
I can't remember. I know. Anyway, about, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, he jumped out. He jumped out of the damn airplane or something, and went and chased all those guys down to get his daughter back. But anyway, all those movies, man. I, I used to Commando, used to Commando, like, Commando, Commando. That's it. That's it. And uh, and then um, I think I seen a movie about the Barbarian Brothers or something like that. And uh, Peter Paul and John Paul or something like that. I can't remember their name. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was it, it's just it was a lot of different things I was exposed to that kind of reinforced that first attraction, you know. And uh, and I remember seeing this guy in the barber shop that went to school with my mom, and he worked out and he had you know muscular arms or whatever. And I was like, Mom, I want to look like that man, you know. And uh, and he, he he flexed his arm for me, and I just went crazy. And he told my he told my mom. He said he said you know you should get that boy some weights and let him work out. And so uh, she was like, hey, he might hurt himself, you know. Well, she eventually ended up buying me some weights when I was like ten years old, right? Wow. Well, well, she got me a little cement weight set, and it was in a big ass box. But you know, she wouldn't even let me open it. She was like, no, because I don't want you in here working out and lifting these weights. You might hurt yourself. So I couldn't even mess with it. So it stayed under the it stayed under the bed in that big box for like two years. <laughs> and so when I was thirteen, I start I just got brave enough. One day she was going to work. I opened the box up and I pulled a book out. It was an Arnold Schwarzenegger instructional book about you know how to work out you know different body parts with that weight set. So I pulled I pulled the dumbbells out. The, um, the little bars with the weights you put on, and I pulled out the bar, the, um, the long bar, you know, with the weights you could put on it. And I didn't put, because the bench needed to get put together, so I left it in there. So I got me some milk crates. I kept it in my in my closet, and I would pull those milk crates out and put some um, pillows on it, and I would lay on that and do like bench pressing and stuff like that. Um, so my, my buddy from up the street, he would come over, he was 13 too, and we would mess with my weight, you know, about every day. And finally, when I was 14, she found out I was sneaking, and her boyfriend convinced her, said, man, I'm just gonna go ahead and put the weights together for that boy. So so he put them together for me, and man, I've been lifting weights since then. My um, my brother, he was he was muscular back then, and he showed me a lot about working out or whatever he knew about it at the time, my big brother. And uh, I just was working out, you know, probably a little bit every day, man, ever since I was 13 or 14 years old. Um, I always had an interest in it. I always wanted to have muscles. And my first goal, I said I wanted to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I wanted to be put like that, you know. And uh, and, and it just stayed that way. I never, I never took time off from working out ever. Uh, of course, I, I didn't have, I wasn't big, you know. But I always had a nice little, little tone to me, you know. And people could tell I worked out. You, you know, I wasn't big though. Probably see when I, when I was in high school. I got my license when I was 16, 17. I think I was 155 pounds, you know, 6'1". So, yeah. but, um, so anyway, go ahead. No, I was going to say that uh, when you looked at your mom and your brother uh, now, in retrospect, and you, you think about how they looked, do you feel like <laughs> you were genetically blessed? I mean, when you looked at them, did you think, you know, now, if you were yeah. looking at somebody else's mom and brother, would you be like, oh, I got a good shot? This guy's got a good shot? Yeah, like my mom, like even now, she's got she's got a real hard labor job, and she's real strong. And and ever since I started bodybuilding, when I started competing, she said, you know, you got the muscles for me, and she would flex her little arm up, you know. 
And and when I compare how when I compare her body, even though she's not big, when I compare how she's built to how my dad is built, I can tell that I have her genetics. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah, my body when I was small and as I was growing up, my body was made like hers. You know, I, I'm not so much built like my dad. And uh, so yeah, I believe I got it from her. But and my brother, he had a physique like that because he he lifted weights. You know, he was in high school. He wanted to impress the girls. You know, so he he worked out. So you know, but for me, it was never you know working out to try to look good for nobody or work out to try to get girls. I just wanted to have muscles, man. It's like I was obsessed with. It. I just I liked it a whole lot, you know. So I've always done it. How how old uh, is your mom and dad, Cedric? Uh, well, yeah, my, my, I don't even know how old my dad is. He might be 60-something now. He's never been around mm-hmm. in my life. My mom my mom is 55. How old are so, you? Yeah, I'm 34. 34, okay. Yeah, uh, I'm 34. So you've, been, you've been lifting so, weights for 21 years, then. Yeah, I, if you look at it like that, but I, I can tell you that the first the first 10 years, I ain't know what the hell I was doing, man. I, I didn't really learn how to work out right until I started training to compete. And then I really started researching about, you know, how you activate muscles and, you know, getting that mind-muscle connection and stuff like that. And that was in 2003. That's when I really started paying attention to what I was doing versus going in there and doing the little bullshit beach body workout you know we're, we're jumping ahead a lot but I want but you make a good point you didn't okay. compete most people know this maybe not everybody you actually didn't actually compete until 2007 so you're relatively new to the whole bodybuilding thing I didn't realize you didn't even know anything about it except for the you know the playing around until 2003 how did you go from just yes. being interested to actually learning Okay, well, here we go. I was going, I, I had a roommate. I had moved out from home. I was about 22 years old or whatever. And uh, I, I had a roommate that, that worked out. And I, I was 24 whenever me and him got hooked up. But um, he worked out a lot. And he told me, he said, hey, man, you need to go down to this nutrition store with me and get you some protein. He said, that protein help you put on some muscle. So I was like, okay, cool. So we went there. And uh, I seen this guy in there. And he was a bodybuilder, right? He had won this, the uh, South Carolina State show back in the day. His name was Mark Neal. Anyway, this dude's shoulders look stupid. I was like, man, how the hell, you know, how the hell do somebody's shoulders get that big? And I, so it used to be Arnold, right? But now I was like, man, I want shoulders like that. Okay. And he said, well, you, he said, well, you need to eat. He said, you got, you're already working out. He said, but you got to learn how to eat. You need to eat food, you know? So he had another guy that run the store with him, too. His name was Sean Brown. And uh, either one of them would be in the store at any time. And I would go by there probably a couple times every day, man, just to sit <laughs> and talk with those guys. I would stare at their trophies. You know, I would read different products and stuff and, and what they're supposed to do, go home and research, you know. And I, they eventually told me, hey, do this. He said, write down everything you eat and what time you eat it and bring it by and when you come by and I'll look at it and I'll help you tweak it. So I did that and he would show me, hey, you had a four hour time period here where you didn't eat nothing. You need to make it about two hours or hey, right here you only had a candy bar. You should eat a little bit more, you know, something like that. So we kept messing around, messing around and you're not gonna believe this, but anyway, by the time I got it figured out, it was, it, it took me about 30 days, that was a month. Well, at the end of that 30 days, I had gained 30 pounds. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, um, I, I, instead of eating candy bars and snacks, 
I was I, I had I was getting my regular food. I was eating ramen noodles and tuna, ramen noodles and chicken, and uh, in between those meals. I was having like double cheeseburger and fries, you know, like some type of fast food combo, you know, from a fast food restaurant. So I was alternating between those and uh, I had some carbohydrate drink that I would mix with a gallon of water and it had about three or 400 carbohydrates in it. I would mix it like that. So by the time I drank my gallon of water that day, I also had an extra three or 400 grams of carbs. Wow. On top of the meals, on top of the meals I was eating. You know, I was like, man, how did I just, Came 30 pounds, he said, well, all these years of working out and not eating, he said, you just been starving your body, he said, so you had muscle there, but it was just depleted, he said, so now that you're eating, you know, you're filling everything out. So how did these so, guys at the store, when they when they saw your, this crazy progress you made, did yeah. did, uh, did they get, like, excited to help? I mean, I, I would imagine, um, I don't know, I don't know these guys, but I would imagine at first you were probably bothering them, but towards the yeah. end, they see this progress, they got to be like, holy shit. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Like, like what even they told me, you know, in the beginning, like you should compete. You got some good genetics, but you need to learn how to eat first, you know. So because I always, like I said, I had a real good shape, but I was just small, you know. So um, you know, as the days were going by, they were like, "Man, you gaining weight," you know. And uh, and and like I said, I I wouldn't get another scale. I didn't care how much I weigh. I was just trying to, you know, make muscle grow. And I I was more or less. I was just focusing on making sure that when I showed them my paper, that my meals looked good. You know, I wasn't so much getting on the scale. See, I was like, I want to have every two hours, and I want to be eating as much as I possibly can. You know, and but by the time we got there, those 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 papers looking right, I had gained some weight. You know, so that was cool. So what they said is, damn, you know, it's a show, and you know, in about four weeks, you should do it. So like, I didn't know, I didn't know. So okay, here we go. I just had a four week off season, and now I'm gonna have a damn four week contest diet, right? Who right. know? You know, I didn't know what the hell it was all, all about. So okay, so do cardio every day. All right, so I'm doing cardio, and I don't eat no more cheeseburgers. So I was huh. eating Raymond Raymond noodles and chicken <laughs> every day, and I, I I got up to I went from 195 when I met these guys to uh, about 230 pounds, 225, 230. And at the end of the four weeks after that, when I died down for the show, I ended up being 205 at the show. Wow. And uh, and of course, I didn't have no separation in my legs, in quads or hamstrings, you know. Right. I didn't have no striations or nothing. I just had good shape, you know. Right. So, um, so, but that was the start of it, you know. And, and the next year, where well, I competed about another four weeks after that, and I continued my diet, and then I see lines coming. I'm like, man, what is this? Hmm. You know, so, so I was like, oh, so the more cardio I do and the longer I do it, the more body fat come out and the more lines I see. Okay. But still not knowing that guys do 12 and 20 week diets, you know, I just said, okay. You know, so, so, so that was the start of it. Um, well, after I did those two shows in 2003, let's see, it was a novice. I did a novice show a novice class at a show called the Palmetto Cup. And uh, I won I won the overall there. But shit, it was only a little lightweight guy. It was just me and him, <laughs> you know. And then, and then I went on to the South Carolina State show and I did the junior class that same summer. And I won my weight class. I was a heavyweight. And I won my weight class there. Well, at the end of 2003, my unit got activated and we got deployed. So I, was, I didn't get to, you know, I wasn't really focusing on 
not competing, you know, necessarily, but I was trying to maintain the food and I was working out. I told him, I said, when I get home, I'm going to be bigger than I was when I left. You know, that's what I was focusing on. Right. So I got I got back. I did another little local show in 2005. Um, I did the open class and uh, I won my weight class there. It was a show called the Carolina Clash in 2005. I won the heavyweight class. I think there my weight was about 213. Whereas, like I said, the last time I competed in 03, I was about one one ninety seven or two. Let's see, at the at the the first show I was two hundred five. At the state show where I was a little bit leaner, I was one ninety nine. That's what it was. Right. And uh, so here in two thousand five, at my next show, I was two thirteen. So so then I took some a whole lot of time off, maybe a whole full year to try to grow because after I won my weight class in the open at a local show, there's nowhere to go except to the next level for me. I was trying to take everything, you know, by levels. So I started saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to compete at the South Carolina State in 2007. Here in 2005, I want to give myself a full year. So so I did that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was personal training then. Um, and so I was always in the gym. I'm eating good, everything. You were still active duty this whole time also, right? No, no, no. I was in the reserves, okay. and my, my reserve unit got activated. Oh, ah, okay. Once okay. We, one, yeah, and once we got back home, you know, they, they put us back on reserve status. Gotcha. So I went back to personal training. Um, so, yeah, I was focusing on eating my meals and stuff. Well, in 2006, um, I got this active duty job as an instructor, and that's what I still do now. Um, but I was still, you know, pursuing competing at the South Carolina State. Well, I, was, I got ready for the state, man, and I was in pretty good shape. You know, I looked real good, and I had like so you could you could see a little distractions in my glutes, man. And I had hamstrings and quads, and everything was there, you know. And uh, I ended up weighing about two thirty-two at the state show. Um, so next, I was like, all right, so I got to take it to the next level because I just won the supers and the overall at the state. So the next, I, next show was the Junior USA's for me, which was local because it was down in, right. in South Carolina. Right. So uh, I, I, I trained for a year and I did that. Well, I ended up weighing about 243 for that show. I put on another 10 pounds that year. And uh, yeah, condition still wasn't perfect. You know, I, I felt like, oh, I got this thick skin, you know, but the more I compete, the better my conditioning was getting too. Right. So, so after I won the junior USA's, uh, that's when that's when muscular development. Let's see, Dave Palumbo um, caught wind of me, and he did my first interview after I won the junior USA. <laughs> and uh, and I think he kind of forwarded some of my pictures to uh, Steve Blackman you know, back then. But you know, it's just junior USA, no big deal, right? You know. And you were doing guy, and you were doing your own diet for that, or you were the guys from the church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always did. My, I always did. My, I was just researching, researching and experimenting all the time. So, uh, so I said, okay. So that was 2008 when I wanted to So, okay, I guess I got to go to the nationals now. So I started training for the nationals um, for 2009, and I was once again doing my own diet and everything. Still in the army, still got the hours and stuff, and. uh Let's see, about four weeks out from the show, I went to this local show, and I uh, met this guy named Kevin DeHaven. He was friends with my buddy. And uh, and I asked him to, to look at me. And he looked at me, and I asked him a couple questions about diet. And he says, hey, man, he said, come by the gym tomorrow or whenever. He said, I'll take a real good look at you, you know, and I'll let you know something. So he looked at me, he said, hey, he, he said, man, you got a good shot at winning the damn Nationals. He said, 
you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a diet, man. I want you to stick to it because you actually, when I told him I was eating fucking um, tuna and weight gain shakes, he just <laughs> he flipped out. He was like, "How the hell can you look like this eating tuna and weight gain shakes?" I was like, "Shit, I don't know." <laughs> you know, so so he gave me a diet, gave me some real food, and and that's feeding my metabolism were, up. Cedric, were you, you surprised know? when he when you when you showed him how he looked and he said? He think you had a good shot at winning the whole thing, or were you were you not that surprised? Nah, nah, I wasn't surprised. Man, I'll be honest with you. The guy that got me in the bodybuilding, he's a real laid back guy, right? So he's never been the type of guy that when when you win something that you go jumping around on the stage, throwing your hands up, crying and acting like you know, just going going crazy, right? He's just like, okay, you win, you be gracious. You know, job well done. So, so when he told me that, I was like, okay, so that means I'm doing a good job. That's it. You right. know, so the plan was, okay, if I win the nationals, then I did my job. Let's go. You know, so so it wasn't. Oh wow, it wasn't none of that. I immediately began to get the anxiety that I get about. Oh really? You think I can win? Oh, I hope I do. I hope I do because now you are in my circle, and I don't want to let you down. Right. Just like I don't want to let my mentor down. You know. So now I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, make them proud, so that adds you know so that adds a little more pressure to and, me. And that's that's something I want to come. We're going to come back to that later. You don't like mm-hmm. that pressure, do you? Nah, not for me. See, I'll be honest, man. Looking at my physique the way I have, I used to when I first started competing, I would videotape myself doing my poses, and and I would look at my body and compare it to a pro's body. And I would scrutinize myself and what body parts was I missing? What do I need to work on? What do I need to improve? So I don't pay attention to the areas that look good. I only focus on the areas that are not good. However, sometimes that creates a negative uh, way of thinking, right? Sure. But I would rather not think I look as good as I do than to think I look better than I do. You know, so so for me, when everything is right on point and everything looks great, I don't get happy. I just say, okay, well, good. I didn't just waste twelve fucking weeks, right? <laughs> right. You know, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I never really get excited about it. For me, it's always just the pressure and the anxiety of executing what my plan is and the end result being what I want it to be. So, you know, so so that's just how it always has been for me. So, so we get getting ready for um, the nationals, and I get a call from you know MD. They wanted me to come up and videotape me and stuff like that. And my job found out I had all this lead time. They said, "Hey, take this time off." You know, it was it was close to Thanksgiving holiday anyway, so we had a lot of um, lead pass time they were going to give us anyway. So I took the passes plus my leave time and that created four weeks off for me. Right. So here we go. Guess what? Four weeks is the magic number. If I could take the last four weeks off, look what happened. The right. Nationals. Right. right. Right? So 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 I had those four weeks off to just focus and everything happened, you know, like like it should for the most part. Um so so I I go there and I do real good and have my first photo shoot and all that shit, right? right. On top of the world for about a half a year, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk. Let's so, talk about after winning. You, you uh, before we move on to the to the Europa Super Show. You, uh, you obviously got a call from Steve Blackman. You signed with MD, and right after that, you signed mm-hmm. with Muscle Tech. Tell tell mm-hmm. us a little about the the feeling of uh, of you know being an amateur who was doing it on their own up until the four weeks to signing with these two big companies. 
Yeah, well, my thing was, okay, now with me getting a salary from bodybuilding, I'll be able to bless my family since I've kind of had to put a strain on the budget to buy, you know, protein and protein powder and ground beef and all this other shit that Kevin wanted me to eat. Now they can be comfortable, you know? So now my wife don't have to go to the discount stores to get food. She can get whatever she needs for her and the kids. So for me, it was just that. That will allow me to take better care of my family without taking money away from them to support my bodybuilding, you know? So, so that's what I did, you know? Okay, babe, now you don't have to ride around in this piece of shit car. Here's a nice car for you. You know, and it wasn't really, it wasn't like no damn Benz and then it was just a Chevy Equinox, you know, but right. that was better than the, that was better than what she was driving, breaking down on the side of the road every day. Um, so, so that's what it was. And, and my focus was to be able to take care of my family with my army money, my army salary, and then support my bodybuilding career with bodybuilding money, right. you know? Right, makes so, sense. And, 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 and anything extra that I have, that'll just allow me to take care of my family a little more. So, that, so that's what I was doing, you know? It wasn't like, oh, wow, all of this money, because I'm not a materialistic person anyway, you know? I don't I don't have to have no big old house or no super nice car, nothing like that. If I got extra money, I'll probably give it to my mom or you know, buy something that I know a family member needs, you know, because I don't have to have a whole lot of elaborate stuff, just the basics. Of I mean, I'm just a regular old country boy, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't buy designer clothes. I go right to Walmart, get some damn jogging suits and t-shirts and stuff. Now, I'm going to buy some name brand shoes, but that's about <laughs> it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the money wasn't a thing. It was just okay. But on top of that, it was scary too because it was like alright well if these people are paying me a salary for a product which is me then here's more anxiety a little more pressure now I gotta make sure I perform I gotta make sure I look good all the time I gotta make sure I represent them well which I wasn't worried about that you know because I got people skills but you know I just wanted to make sure I did a good job for them you know right and and that leads us up to the Europa Super Show in, in Dallas where you ended up placing a very, very controversial fourth. You know, I, I was sitting next to, obviously, Dave Palumbo, uh, my boss, and then right next to us was Sean Ray. And, and we were, me, actually, me, Sean Ray, and George Farrell were all kind of, we, we, I don't want to say we were betting because we're not betting money, but we all kind of were like guessing. We kind of usually do that. Who's going to win? Who's going to be second? Who's going to be third? Nobody, and I mean nobody, had you in fourth that's for sure mm-hmm. I don't think anybody had you in, in, in either first or second I think every everybody mm-hmm. so it was a surprise mm-hmm. but the interesting thing that I heard before the prejudging and after the prejudging even was that you were extremely nervous that you were having nightmares mm-hmm. about this is that is that true? Uh, no I, I wasn't having nightmares about the show I actually had a dream that I won the damn show I felt I felt I felt real good going into it I felt confident about it but after after prejudging when we found out hey you know I'm not as sharp as I need to be I need to deplete down a little more that's when I kind of got nervous but no I wasn't I, I wasn't I'll tell you this you know my um, being nervous 
and anxiety is not to the point where it like shuts me down. It just makes me worry, and I'm like, okay, I hope I'm, I hope I'm okay. I hope I look okay. I hope I look okay. But it's not to the point where it's like, oh shit, I'm scared. You know, it's not right, like that. Right. You know, just kind of like just kind of like performance anxiety. But when I get up on stage, I'm ready to rock and roll. But I just hope that once I get up there, that I'm ready. And that's where the anxiety kicks in. You know, all the things leading up to the show. You know, so, but because you gotta understand, all of that was new to me. Like that level of, you know, I've never been that big before, or you know, at the now, I've never been that condition before. So I never knew what that shit looked like on my body. Sure. See now, I know. See, like now, you know, if you look at how I looked in Orlando, I know what I look like when I'm shredded. Right. right? Uh, if you look at Dallas, I know what I look like when I'm big and full. You know, or even um, at the Nationals. So now I can identify things way out so it's not new to me no more I know what I'm gonna look like when I'm ready you know but with everything being so new I'm looking at myself in the mirror and not sure if I look good enough or not you know as opposed to now I I can look at myself and be like yeah that's it you know but now that's not it still need to work you know so well you know I gotta I gotta gotta say that it it looked like from my uh, you know because a lot of people were looking at you very hard at the Europa Mm -hmm. Super Show a lot of the media people were we're, we're looking for reaction after the after the fourth place and everything. And I got to say that, to me, from an outsider's perspective, it looked like you took the fourth place extremely well. Like, uh, yeah. you look like you took it in stride, almost like it was a relief in a way, people are saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, well there's it, two parts to it. The first part is I've seen some comparison pictures after prejudging, and I was like, damn, that dude got striations in places that I've never had striations before. You're talking about Issa Obiad? Yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, I'm looking at my boots, I'm looking at his, you know what, he's, but I felt like I had the best overall package because I see where he was missing some body parts, his his shape was a little fucked up, you know, so I felt like I had that. To me, bodybuilding is about having the best of all the different areas, not just the biggest and the leanest, you know, but who has the, if you take, you know, shape, size, symmetry, and conditioning, who has the best of all of those to me, you know, but, uh, you know, it was, it was, a, it was an awakening for me to be able to say, oh, okay, you know, now I see it really is about that conditioning. Now, my shape is not going to win shows for me all the time no more like it has been right. because all of these shows in my career it was all oh, my shape my shape my shape now I got to dig now I got to do something different so when I was on stage and they were calling out the numbers definitely I had already set myself up for second I said you know I might get second however I think I might get beat that dude because his shape is not very good that's what I was telling myself mm-hmm. um, you know so but, but I always know and I keep in my mind okay regardless you can't be a punk or, or a brat and when you don't get what you want you right. damn pitch a fit you can't be like that you gotta be a professional you know so, so I said hey you know all of these years I've been putting my hand up winning you know what's going to happen when I don't win I've always thought about that so I smile and go stand behind my trophy just like I did when I won you know nothing nothing more nothing less Um, because it's yeah yeah you know that's what I do so I'll tell you man when I was standing up on the stage to me and, and maybe maybe I was delirious right but I could hear this because when they were calling out the top five I heard Bob Chicarillo say something to 
the um the judging panel and he was like, You sure or something like that. Please don't quote me on what he said. But I heard him say something and then it looked like they gave him some, some different numbers or so, or a different sheet or something like that. Anyway, it was a delay in in calling out the numbers. Oh, and I boy. said, Hey, you know what? I said, you know what? I said, I believe that they accidentally switched me and um and, and Mark Alvisi. That's what from what I could see how it played out. I think they switched us Accidentally on the papers, they had my number as fourth instead of his, and they had his number as second instead of mine. I gotta tell you, even Mark Alvisi looked surprised to be second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I thought it was. But uh, but anyway, once I got my fourth and I went to stand behind my trophy, boom, Mark Alvisi's up there. Me and him was cool. I look back at him, I say, hey, dog, you better keep it tight, man. You might fuck around and win, you know? Right. So I was looking back at him and smiling, and he was looking at me like, what the hell is going on, you know? <laughs> You know, so, so yeah, because my mom always told me, you know, it ain't all about you all the time. Don't try to make the world be all about you. Right. So at that point, you know, I looked back at him and tried to keep him some, keep him encouraged. I know I would want that from somebody, you know, so, hey, hey, I, I already got fourth. Did I come in in, in condition? No. So what's the use in them having a beef or having a chip on your shoulder, you know? Oh. You got to be a, you got to be a soldier, man. You got to take the good with the bad and be resilient. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, your yeah. boys, your boys were all sitting right behind me, and they were like in shock. They were like, mm-hmm. they didn't know what to. I, I heard a bunch of screams, and then they were just like, "What?" No, nobody, yeah. nobody knew what was going on. They were asking yeah. Sean Ray. They're like, "What? What just happened? What just happened?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like I said, man, I got to be, and you know, everybody speaks about my potential, right? You know, and I, I see where everybody's coming from. So what I got to do is I got to take my potential as far as I can go. And I do believe that it is possible for me to beat anybody. You know, I believe that. I just got to make sure I come around. I got to make sure I'm big enough. I got to make sure I got the condition I need to have because my shape and symmetry, you know, if I'm big enough and have enough condition, I'm good. So with that being said, I got to make sure that when I come to these shows that I'm prepared to blow these guys out the water so that it won't be no surprises. And do I believe I can do that? Yeah, I believe I can come in and shut it down. I just got to make sure I come to my shows and I'm not half-stepping. See, leading up to that Dallas show, they put me in another position. They were wanting to start up a new course. And so they said, hey, McMillan, we need you to get this course going. I was like, damn, that's right before my show. Okay, fuck it, you know, mission first, I got you. So I'm doing everything I can to get that show going. I ended up working every day up until I had to fly out, right? So so here we go. Here's a, here's a situation. No time off before the show. What happens? I don't look very well. Nationals, four weeks off. What happens? I look great. You see, so so here's the lesson that I learned. So, so, so leading up to that show, you know, whereas most guys are just focusing all on bodybuilding and, you know, they can lay around all day, get up, do cardio, get up and work out, get up and eat. I was actually still working 12-hour days or sometimes 18-hour days, you know, and, and fitting my body better as best I could, you know, which I was I was getting all my workouts in, getting my meals, but I was putting too much stress on my body with not getting enough rest. Tell us tell us know, a little like, bit about your job. Uh, I know a little bit about it, Cedric, but what is what does that entail? I know you told you just got home. I mean, uh, well, you got home around 8 o'clock tonight, and you said you left early in the morning. What are you doing all day? Yeah, well, I teach a leadership course, and uh, and so we have soldiers that come through, and either they're in a leadership position, uh, they got the right to be in a leadership position, or they're already in it, or they 
want to be eligible to get put in a leadership position. So we teach them about all the different aspects of leadership. We teach them how to march soldiers. We teach them, you know, everything about being in charge of soldiers and taking taking care of soldiers. That's what we teach them. So, you know, we get up, you know, they get up and start their day at about five o'clock every morning. And and sometimes, like in the summertime, they actually get up at four o'clock in the morning, you know, and we, and we train them all because we have to pack all of this training into about a 15 or 16 day period. And really this course is designed to be four weeks and we squeeze it down into two weeks, you know? So it's a lot of stuff we have to put out, which creates a whole lot of hours. Um, but luckily, um, I'm, I'm to the point where I do that a lot less now and I do more training of instructors. Um, I, I get like projects to do to actually make our course better. So instead of being up teaching mm-hmm. 16 hour days, I'm more, I'm more doing more things to kind of like give the course a little more structure and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so in other words, it's a, it's a less physically demanding job. So, so that makes it better. How do you, so whereas, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm okay. I was just, so whereas, yeah, I have been going away from home for a long time, but I eat all my meals. I'm sitting on my ass, you know, for, for a lot of that time. And I hate to say it like that because I do do a lot of work, but, you know, it's just not as physically demanding. I'm not running around the woods with soldiers like I used to be, you know, all of that stuff. So that makes it better, you know, because it's just less physically demanding. Um, so so, so I, I think, you know, this year, like I said, everything is going to be cool. Um, I'm blessed that my family, you know, we have a family issues this time. Um, work is not going to be on my ass like it was for Dallas. Um, so, so I think it'll be better, man. I think everything is going to work out like it should. Let, let me ask you, yeah. have you ever mm-hmm. considered, Cedric, uh, ending your military career at some point to focus solely on bodybuilding? Yeah, definitely, man. I'll tell you, um, I, I had planned on staying in and retiring from the Army and doing bodybuilding, too, um, because I just don't like the uh, the insecurity or the lack of security in bodybuilding. Maybe maybe the top five at the Olympia can feel, feel pretty much secure in their contracts and everything like that. Um, but everybody else, you know, you, you just got to wonder sometimes, will I get re-signed? You know what I'm saying? So I don't like that, man. But, and, and a lot of these guys, too, you know, aren't married, or if they are married, they don't have kids, or if they do, they got like one kid. And I am with a family because I want to be a regular guy. I want to be a man, you know, with a family too. How many kids do you have? How many kids you have? I got three three kids. And how old are they? So, yeah, um, my my son's just turned five and three, and my daughter's seven months. Wow, yeah, you have a a whole family, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. But at the same time, like when this bodybuilding shit is over, I mean, what is it to be a damn 45-year-old guy with no kids or a 40-year-old guy with no kids? That's whack, you know? Right. So, yeah, so I always, I wanted to be a family man, but, I, yeah, bodybuilding is my hobby, and I love it, you know? So so I want to do that, too, but I don't want to let it consume my life to the point where I'm not really living, you know? Tell me, if you don't mind, I don't, I, I don't know if you want to tell the story or not, but you told me, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you were very close. There was a period of time where you were just about to switch over to bodybuilding full time. And it just so yeah. happened uh, that uh, it was good that you didn't. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, when, when I beat Dallas and I got, and I got a fourth instead of, I believe 
second and possibly first I was like okay the work schedule that got on my ass I, I could do better you know my conditioning can be better that guy looked good but I believe I look just as good you know whatever right so I, I was able to rationalize but um you know after well I, I'll tell you this because between Dallas and Orlando um it was a year ago December 19th that my wife and kids were in a car accident and uh, they all almost died. I mean, they had to get Alice to the hospital. Um, my wife, she had um, a broken pelvis, a broken lower back, a broken shoulder. Um, she she had like cuts just all over her body, man. She had a busted knee and she was six months pregnant. Wow. Um, I don't yeah, think people, uh, Cedric, I don't think people realized how seriously your family was injured. Yeah, yeah. My my oldest son, he just had a broken a broken lower leg. Um and he had like a little slight concussion because um because the vehicle kinda of slammed him up against um the side of well, the side window. He slid over and hit something because he had a big bruise on the side of his head. And my youngest son, he he suffered some type of brain trauma where it's like he he lost all of his motor skills, everything. He was just like, it almost looked like he was in a coma, except he was moving. It's, it's like he, if you could, if I could, the best way to describe it is, he act like he was a newborn baby all over again. Wow. He, yeah, he wouldn't respond to, to sight. He wouldn't respond to sounds. He wouldn't eat nothing. He could, all that you could do is put a straw in his mouth and he would suck juice out of a straw. That's it. He wouldn't eat nothing, do nothing, man. He was just stuck, you know, but he had been on life support for about a week um, because he had, uh, he had bruised lungs um, and he had a, a broken femur bone and something else going on the inside. So he was in almost a full body cast. Is he okay now, and, uh, Cedric? Yeah, he, he's doing, at, at one time, honestly, I thought either he was gonna be stuck like that forever or, or we was gonna lose him. Wow. And he is, he is so damn aggravating right now. I mean, it's crazy. He's, a, he's perfect, you know, so he's, okay. he's back to normal. Um, but for, I'm telling you, for a long time, everybody was in cast, everybody was crippled. Everybody was in wheelchairs, you know, so I was just running around trying to take care of all of them. I wasn't, I wasn't even, you know, work was like, hey, take care of your family. I wasn't even working. I was just, you know, taking care of them. Uh, and I wasn't working out, of course, or nothing, just focusing on them. So, of course, that was supposed to be my off season because Dallas was in August. The accident happened in December. I, w I had I was having a real good off season, man, and that just shut it down. Of course. And so from from that point, from the time the accident happened, I wasn't eating like like a bodybuilder should. I wasn't sleeping like a bodybuilder should. I wasn't training nothing. And I was just taking care of my family. And uh, but it was time for the Arnold. And uh, Muscle Tech wanted me to go to the, to the Arnold to be at the booth. So I was like, shit, I got to do something. So I got some people to help help out taking care of my family. And uh, I started working out um, about two weeks out from the Arnold. I started working out of eating again. And I was able to get my weight back up to about 270, 275. So I can look halfway decent at the Arnold booth. Um, so I did that. And uh, then it came to a point where I needed to compete. Um, I, I felt like I did because I didn't want my only show to be a fourth place finish when it comes time for renegotiation and resigning and stuff. So um, that's when I started trying to get ready for, for uh, 
Dallas, excuse me, I was trying to get ready for New York first. So here, the plan is, I got plenty of time, I'm gonna do New York. Well, damn it, I heard Ty Green is doing the show. <laughs> and I said, I said, holy shit. I said, you know what, let's revamp this plan here. Okay, well, Orlando was four weeks from New York. I said, so if I look good enough in, in Orlando, I'll do that show. Or if I look good enough in time for Orlando, I go there, possibly get a win there, and then when I go to New York and get my ass kicked by Kai, at least I'll still have a win. So maybe maybe I'll still be a little bit valuable you know, to the company. So uh, of course we know what happened in Orlando. Um, I was very depleted, you know, because I was just focused. First of all, I started out at a weight that was about 20 pounds lower than I usually at when I started diet, you know. Um, and on top of that, you know, I was just focusing on conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. Dallas would never happen again. I would never let a fucker beat me because he's leaning to me again. I'm going to be, I'm going to have that same conditioning I had at, uh, at, at the Nationals. So conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. Well, I get to Orlando and I got the conditioning, but I lost the muscle. And, it, you know, combination of, you know, the accident, not having an off-season, um, starting my, my diet lighter than I should have been, and then focusing too much on conditioning that I got so depleted. Um, but, you know, I was able to pull off a win, and, you know, it was cool. Um, and then, you know, I actually had said, you know, with so much going on, let me tell you this. I, I was supposed to fly out to go to Orlando on a Tuesday, the Tuesday before the show. Well, my, my baby, like I told you, when my wife was in the accident, she was six months pregnant, my baby was born on Monday. Mm. The day before, I was supposed to fly out to go to Orlando. Wow. So here I am, the baby's being born, I spend the night with my wife, and then I'm like, all right, babe, I, I gotta go to the show. So I fly out the next, the, the, that's, that next morning when we woke up, I had to go get ready to fly to the damn show. So, you know, after Orlando, first of all, Orlando was just emotional time anyway because of so much that was going on at home, you know. So I said, man, I got a brand new baby. I still got a crippled wife because she still couldn't walk yet. And I still got children, I still got children that, you know, are just getting out of their cast and they can't walk good yet. So I need to be at home, man. I don't need to be competing. This is so and, and this is and this is when a lot of the drama happened on the message boards on uh, MoscowDevelopment.com dot com and yeah 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 talk a little yeah, bit about yeah. that yeah okay well here we go I learned another lesson I learned that um, on on forums you're never right <laughs> <laughs> you know I've learned that I've learned that there's a lot of people that take your life as entertainment for them, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. And so you gotta keep that in mind when you deal with that stuff. So, you know, yeah, we we, we try to get on these boards and be so open and honest with people that can, for the most part, if they want to, take your life for a joke, you know? It's just entertainment for them. They know exactly who you are. You don't know who in the fuck they are, right? Right. So, so you know, I, I kinda, when, when I warned the Orlando, I immediately, when I went in step, walked up behind my trophy, like I always do, and smiled, I thought about how it felt when I stood behind that fourth place trophy, you know? I thought about how everybody to the left of me and to the right of me, I thought about how they felt. And I said, here I am sitting here, not looking my best, I'm depleted, you know, and all of that, and I'm able to beat these, and I beat these guys, and these guys gave it 100%, 
you know, and all of that. So damn, you know, I can understand how they feel right now. It's not about being so happy because I won. Yeah, okay, a plan went like we wanted. I won in the end result. But damn, I know how they feel. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just just empathizing because I've been there. Um, and, 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 you know, the people, you know, Sean Ray and a lot of people, they talk about you got to have that killer instinct. You got to go out there ready for war. You know, you got to be ready to destroy anything that step on the stage. And you got to go in there like a killer. You got to have a killer instinct. It's killer, be killed. Hey, man, we in fucking bikinis and we make it. <laughs> it, ain't no, it ain't no hand-to-hand combat. You ain't shooting nobody. You ain't doing nothing. You just standing up beside this guy. It's almost like a beauty pageant, right? Right. What the hell do you need a killer instinct for that for? The killer instinct that you need is when you go into the gym and you really don't want to be there. Or you pushing this meal down your throat when you really don't feel like eating. That's what you need all that determination and that killer instinct for. But up on stage, what's wrong with empathizing with your fellow competitors? What's wrong with being backstage and when you see somebody looking dizzy, you say, hey man, you all right? You need something? Yeah. Or what's wrong with saying, hey man, your back is too dry or your back is too oily? You know, what's wrong with doing that? Because nah. when I beat, when I beat motherfuckers, I want to beat them at their best. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, yeah, not tell you that your back is dry and I go out there and beat you feeling like, oh yeah, I, I don't, I have no love for nobody that I'm competing against. That's stupid. Because all of us are really in this shit together, you know? And so if you, if you win, you're going to win. If you're not, you're not. You know, you know, and I've heard people talk about, yeah, I don't give a damn if somebody um, needed this backstage or that backstage. I'm not helping nobody with nothing because I'm trying to, I'm out here trying to win. That's how Sean, okay. that's Sean Ray used to be just like that. He wouldn't, I forget the story, but he was backstage and Flex or somebody was, was, uh, was their blood sugar was low. They said, man, can I have one of your bananas? And Sean said, nope. He said, maybe, yeah. maybe after the show I'll give you a banana, but I'm not giving you nothing mm-hmm. now. These are mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can understand. I can understand that train of thought, and that that way of doing things is good, and it matches Sean. That's what Sean would do. That's not what Cedric would do. Cedric would say, "Okay, is this banana going to let you beat me or not?" Hey, all I know is eat this banana and I want to beat you at your best sure I don't want to sure. I don't want to beat you because I didn't give you your banana or whatever uh, right? you see right. what I'm saying you know so I just don't really get into that man I come from a place where you know we, we're supposed to take care of each other we all in this shit together you backstage about to fucking die and I'm not supposed to care you kind of you know, I, I just, look at it like you guys you've done your work already the work is done and now it's just a matter yeah. of showing it and if you go with that attitude that you have you're going to be able to look at yourself and be like you know what I I won and I can feel good about myself. Sean Ray, you know, I don't know how Sean probably doesn't give a fuck, but nobody has anything good to say about the guy because of that. You know what I mean? Well, 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 you know what else too? I feel well, and this is my train of thought. It was a time where bodybuilding felt good and bodybuilding was good. The atmosphere was nice for the world and it attracted and it attracted more non-bodybuilding spectators just regular people that wanted to go see it had a good atmosphere it had a good feeling to it right that's because it was it was camaraderie there it was morale there well now you talking about killer instinct I'm in the gym with fucking shades on and my hat pulled down <laughs> right. I'm mean I'm mean I'm some kind of monster you know guess what that does that scares away the general public sure. to me you know, right. I remember what, yeah, Arnold was in the gym, him and his buddies working out. Guess what? They competing in the damn show together. 
and they looking at each other's physiques and critiquing each other and trying to help each other be their best for what? For the sport. For the sport to grow. For the sport to be the best it could be. Of course, they probably had their own agendas like, yeah, I want to beat this guy. But that didn't make them not take care of each other any less. You know, so for so you on the outside, you might see, oh, you know, Cedric is a punk. Why does he give a fuck about anybody else? But what you don't know is the conversations that me and some of my fellow competitors have had. They're like, you know what, man? I appreciate this that you did. I appreciate uh, your personality, your breath of fresh air, you know, stuff like that, man. And that's what it's all about, man, being able to... Uh, you get what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah, I totally. I yeah, totally. To, to me, why not take care of each other? Why not, uh, when you're back there, you're feeling like shit, and me coming up to you, putting my hand on your shoulder, say, hey, man, you all right? You need anything? And that might make your whole damn evening feel just a little bit more bearable because you know somebody gives a damn versus it feeling like you're about to fucking die and nobody cares. You know, so so, so to me, you know, I'd, rather, I'd rather win, beat these guys' asses, and take care of them, and they, and it'd be a mutual camaraderie. There for me to be back there with a bunch of guys that hate my fucking guts because I'm so selfish and self-centered, and I don't give a damn about nobody, you know. And win or lose, who knows, you know. Right. So, so I, because it may be a time where I might need a damn banana. So it course, might be a time. It might be. It might be a time where my back is too oily or too dry, and I sure would have wished one of these guys back here would tell me, "Hey, man, your back got too much oil on it." Right. You know, right? Absolutely. Come on, man. So, yeah. So it's all about treating people like you want to be treated. To me, you know. Now, whether my personality goes well with the sport or not, I don't think your personality has anything to do with who asks you kick when you get on stage. I, I just don't think so. I think you could be a nice guy. I think you can. I think you can try to um, create morale and camaraderie and still win shows too. I don't think you have to have a killer instinct to be a winner. No, I think your. I think your physique does the talking for you on stage. You don't have to be an asshole backstage or or have a killer instinct or any instinct on stage or backstage. Like you said, the the, inst, the killer instinct needs to be in the gym where you're pushing the weight. Right. Right. You know, in my, that's so, my yeah. opinion. Yeah, that's my outlook too. Um, let me ask you, yeah. one of the rumors that we were hearing back then, actually after the New York show, was that mm-hmm. we have seen the last of C- Cedric McMillan on stage, mm-hmm. that you were done, you're retiring, and you're going to go about your life in the Army and your family, and, and that was it for bodybuilding. Where did that rumor come from, and, and is that really? the truth? Yeah, yeah, I really? heard that. Yeah, yeah I heard that. <laughs> nah, but yeah, that's some bullshit, man. I like, because... Like I said, all these years, here I am putting my hand up, standing behind the first place trophy. All right, so I, I can't be, I can't be a punk that runs away when I get my ass kicked a couple of times. Like I said, that's a brat. I tell my son, sometimes you can't get what you want. You know what I'm saying? But you gotta be resilient. I do the sport because I love it, not because I want to win every show. Of course I do, but I'm not just gonna abandon my, my hobby and abandon my sport because I had a couple of things that didn't go like I wanted to go. You know? Um, so, you know, when I, like I said, when I getting ready for New York, I kind of wanted to pull out because I knew that I couldn't be as focused. I pushed through for Orlando because I needed to try to get a win. And when I got that win, looking at how I looked, I knew I wouldn't be able to recover, you know, and, and look, okay, like the Nationals in New York because my body just couldn't hold up, you know. But I went and did it anyway because the guy had me on, you know, um, Steve Weinberg had me on the flyers. They had it in the magazines. So I said, you know what? I gotta be, I gotta be, a, I gotta man up to my responsibility. These guys have spent money 
you know, promoting that show with me in it. So I got to do what I got to do, you know, regardless of how I look. So I just try to do my best, try to look my best at and what it did, what I had to do. And and, and another thing with that, guess what? Um, I flew out on a Tuesday. That's always a lucky number. Well, on a Monday, I was out in the field training soldiers. We were outside. We had about a five-mile road march. It was 105 degrees outside. Mm. And uh, I had just started trying, started my whole um, water transitioning phase. So I got real dehydrated, and I had to get an IV. Um, right after that, that next day, that Tuesday, I got on the fucking airplane, and that just screwed my water levels all up, you know. Right. Um, so, but once again, I learned that lesson. Hey, man, I I can't be working down to the wire, and then trying to go do a show, not a pro show, because everything needs to be perfect. Um, and so that that was that was part of the reason why I looked the way I did in New York. I just my water was just all jacked up, man. You know, from being out there in, in that temperature and sweating so much Monday and, and you know, getting a couple of IV bags and then flying out Tuesday, you know, which flying, you know, jacks up your water anyway. Right. You know, so it was just it was just a little too much on me. You know, on top of everything else, but I'm not making no excuses, you know, I didn't show up looking my best. But I did see some lines in my hamstring that I wanted to have. You know, I, I've seen some things that I was proud of but my overall physique wasn't there, just like in Orlando, you know? So um, so, so, so it was okay. I, I had made up my mind after New York, I said, you know what? Not that I was gonna not compete no more. I said, I'm gonna do bodybuilding 100%. Uh-huh. So I, did, I, went to, I went to work, I talked to him, I said, look guys, I said, this is the set. I said, this is the third show I've done as a pro. I've only won one, and I didn't look good at any of them. I said, I got, I got the potential to do this thing. This is my dream I've had since I was five years old and I'm this close. I said, I hope y'all can understand I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go back to reserve status and focus on bodybuilding. You know, I have the salary to be able to support my family, I'm gonna do it. So I talked to you know, I talked to um Steve about it, I talked to uh, the guy at Muscle Tech about it. He was like, oh, well, you know, the contract runs out next month, so I'll do the best I can for you, you know? I said, yeah, man, because I'm ready to focus on you guys, give y'all everything I got, you know? Right. Well, it, well here we go. <laughs> July, you know, my contract runs out June, July the 1st. On June the 30th, I get a phone call saying, yeah, that's it. You know, no 30-day notice, no nothing. It's just, that's it. The check that you got at the beginning of the last month, that's it. Wow. So so I was like, damn. So I went back to work like, hey, 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 hey hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know, so so but but uh if I have that opportunity again, uh, okay, I'll say this. If my if my work stay if my workload stays the way it is or improves and gets better, yeah, I think I can swing them both. I wanna show everybody now that hey, all I need is a few weeks off before my show. Hey, I was working the same damn job when I won the nationals, and everybody thought I was the second coming. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So don't, so don't blame the army on me. What it is is that last few weeks I need to have that time off so everything can be dialed in perfect. You know, so um, so, so but yeah, if I if I feel that it's starting to hinder me and I can't do both even with that time off. Yeah, if I if I got the salary to support it, man, I'll focus on bodybuilding hundred percent because I'm so close. You know, so I want I wanna give it a shot. I wanna give it a, a good shot. 
with no roadblocks and I'm not able to say, oh, I didn't do well because of this roadblock, I didn't do well because of that roadblock. I want to say, damn it, I gave it everything and I just can't do it, you know? So with that in mind, with that in mind, Cedric, what's the plan for 2012? What have you been doing since last time we've seen you? Uh, Well, since since New York, I took about four weeks off. Um, I trained a little bit. I wasn't really eating that much, just, you know, just maintaining and living comfortable. Um, and then I started up my off-season training, off-season diet, just trying to grow. Um, I went into my off-season with a plan of being 300 pounds by the end of November. Um, I actually got to about 300 pounds, maybe 301, something like that, uh, on a good day. And uh, then, look, seeing how I looked at 300 pounds, um, my, one of my buddies said, hey man, you still pretty, how the hell are you 300 pounds? And you still got all those striations. I was like, shit, I don't know. So I said, well, maybe I need to get up to 315 because I really, I need to push the muscle. I need to push this weight a little bit while trying to keep my, my waistline, you know, under control, which I think bloated bellies are a result of overeating. I don't care what nobody says. I think it's eating too much. So, um, so I, I try to gain the weight slowly, right? And, just slowly increasing amounts of food and things like that. Um, so, so that's what I've been trying to do. And I'm still working on, excuse me, I set a new goal to be 315 by the end of December. Well, I don't think I'm going to quite make that. But however, I, I gave myself until the competition season, which for me um, is going to be February. I had looked at maybe doing the Arnold. But uh, after talking to a few people, I said, you know, the Arnold is going to be a Victor and Branch and Kai show. You know, so let's let them big boys handle that. Let's make sure I got a really, really, really good off-season and a real good contest diet where I take my time and do everything right because the next time I stand on stage, it won't be haphazardly. I step on stage and everything is just like it needs to be. So I said, okay, so let's get myself to February. Maybe uh, go back to Orlando. Maybe go back to New York, you know. But then I find out there's no Orlando show. So I said, okay, next show, maybe go back to New York. See what's up up there. Bring 20 pounds with me this time. Bring the conditioning that I need, like nationals this time. Um, but I haven't set anything definite because I just want to see what I look like in February. Sure. And if I need if I need more time, guess what? I have nobody to satisfy. I don't have any publishings going on. I don't have no stories that need to be written up. I can just take the time that I need to take. All I know is I'm going to compete and I'm, I'm going to whoop some ass. But in order to do that, I need to give myself the time that I need. I need to make sure that everything is perfect. So... If I see in February that I need more time, I'll take more time. But the way things are going now, um, everything looks real good, man. Like, like I, I had to buy a a, a bigger shoe size. <laughs> All, I had to, I had to go up to damn five X um jackets and four X and four X t shirts and shit like that. So and everybody at work is like, man, you look stupid, man. You look like a big ass Sasquatch. So you know, and I even like I look at myself in pictures and stuff, and I'm like, damn, man, I don't look like that in the mirror, you know. But when I see when I see pictures of myself beside other people, I can see where I'm going, you know. Right. So I'm, I'm real, I'm real satisfied with this off season. I'm I'm glad and and I feel happy and blessed that 
this offseason don't have any, um, I don't want to call my situation uh, a roadblock or a distraction, but I don't have any, anything negative pulling energy from me this year that I did last year. You know, my family's doing great, my family happy. So, so now I'm able to just focus on me, you know, because home is good, you know, the kids are good, and that's most important. So, hey man, I'm telling you, it's just a matter of time. Like, I wish I could go to sleep and wake up in February. <laughs> you know, because you know, it's, it's there. Like, I really feel good about what's going on. I got that same feeling that I had the year when I was getting ready for the Nationals. No prep, no pressure, no stress, no nothing. It's just me and my sport, you know? Do you, do you like Cedric, that. do you check the internet still? I know that the message boards probably left you with a bad taste. Do you Do you still do that? I mean, or do you, are you uh, still Well, sometimes... I might get a um, a Facebook message or something, and I'm like, "Hey, they must be talking about me." <laughs> or one of one of my one of my buddies would be like, "Man, they're talking about you." I'm like, "What?" So every once in a while, I'll get on there and look, and I'm like, "Oh, look at this bullshit," you know. And then I'll I'll get away from it because I could, when I won the Junior USA's, I didn't even know what MD was. I did, I've never been on a message board. I heard guys back say, man, everybody talk about you on the forums, man. They say you're going to win this show. I'm like, what the hell is a forum? <laughs> you know, I, so do I need that stuff? No. Is it a way to communicate with fans? If used properly, yes, it sure is. But right now, it's turning into a whole nother monster. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, okay, young guys might have the temperament to play back and forth with people on the internet like that, but I don't, right. you know, because if you, it, like, you know, people talk about the whole thing with this guy, with, what is the guy's name? Uh, with the t-shirts. What's that dude? Oh, uh, Mayor of Body uh, Mayor of Body Yeah, the damn president of Body Building. So, you know, it, it, like, like I, I know that Body Building has its, what I'll call characters or personalities. I understand that now. That's kind of the entertainment aspect of it. You know, but for me, you know, if somebody says, hey, what's up, man? You know, I'm a fan. You're amazing. You're going to do well. I got your name on my shirt. I'm like, okay, this dude is cool. Right. You know, I take that I take that personal. But then, you know, when we go to the Orlando show and I'm hearing, oh, yeah, Cedric, you know, he's stupendous. He's shooting one because, you know, he, he's not at his bed. And I'm like, hey, this is the same dude that had me on his shirt. Like, you know, I'm not thinking, okay, well, the guy that I beat is, friend, is more friends with him. So I can understand. Yeah, okay, so say that you wish your guy would have won. Don't start, you know, hate, not hating, but pointing out negative stuff about me. That I just wouldn't expect that from the same guy that was shaking my hand and smiling in my face and showing me his shirt and supporting me before. You know what I'm saying? Right, I get it. So, so, so for me, it was just weird. So I'm like, hey, man, I'm from the country, and we call you out when you do some bullshit. So I'm like, hey, what's up with this shit? And so when I get something back, then I come back. And when I get something back, I'm like, hey, I call you out again. Right. You know, so to me, it was like, hold on, bro. You know, and I'm, please believe I'm talking to, while this is all transpiring, I'm talking to Seth Ferrosi. I'm talking to Everson Tapani. You know, I'm talking to Fuad. I'm talking to all these guys, you know, that I compete with. And I'm like, what's up with this dude? And they was like, ah, oh, man, fuck that dude. You know, <laughs> but, you know, but, but, 
But for me, it was like, all right, so cool. Let me let me give you a reality check. That's what I'm thinking. Let me give you a reality check, bro. Just because they are on the back of your shirt don't mean they got love for you, okay? You know, that's what I'm saying because you say you're the mayor because of all this and that, but really that's just something you created, you know? Right. But, hey, but check this out, though. I said all that stuff on the internet, but I, I quietly lost my damn contract after that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, so so maybe, you know, and, and I even asked my one of my own boys, I said, man, do you think I lost my contract because of that shit on the forums? And it was like, uh, no, that's absolutely. But in some ways, I think it may have, you know, who knows? So. I don't think I don't think I don't think the mayor put out pulled any strings to get your contract. I don't think he's got the pull for something like that. But you know, in all honesty, Cedric, that that whole conversation and that drama, you know, obviously I work for RX and, and Dave Palumbo, and I really you know I'm loyal to that board. But the only time that I was regularly checking MD was because of the, those threads and that conversation. So yeah, if, yeah, if anything, yeah. if anything, they should give you a bonus because that drew a lot of traffic yeah. to the site. Yeah, see, and I've seen that. I've seen that. The threads that we had for Orlando, the threads that we had with me and that dude, it had like a whole lot of, you know, it had a whole lot of views and a yeah, whole lot, lot of comments. Numbers. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, this is traffic, this is entertainment, this must be cool. But at the same token, I can see how maybe, hey, from a PR point of view, that might not be so cool. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and here I am with the big, the big head, like. You know, because he, you know, he mentioned something about losing contracts or something, and I'm like, man, please don't think that I will lose my contract because of you. You know, but hey, it happens, so who knows? You know, so, so, so like I said, it's a learning experience, man. It's cool. Um, if, I learned that hey, let that entertainment stay over there. It's entertainment. I would rather, you know, not be or feel forced to have to interact. And you know anything negative, right? Because I'm I'm all about positivity. Yeah, for the dudes that like to talk shit back and forth, that's cool. But for me, when you talking shit to me, then hey, you need to be ready to stand by that and talk to me like a man. Not you know, okay. So when I see you at the show, let's figure this shit out. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of how I look at it. Right. <laughs> okay. I'll put it to you like this. I'll put it to you like this. I never had to deal with somebody that could hide behind their words because I never had to interact with somebody over the internet only. You see what I'm saying? That was new for me. Where I come from, when I hear your words, it's either over the phone or face to face. So now I learned this whole new aspect of, hey, it's just the boards. Take it with a grain of salt, it's only entertainment. So keeping that in mind, I, you know, I just won't take stuff as personal from now on, you know, or, or or feel like I need to say, hey, man, let me give you this reality check. Let me show you that you're not really what you think you are. You're not really as important as you think you are. You know, that was my whole train of thought behind it, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's cool, man. Hey, it was funny as hell, and I still get Facebook messages about the stuff, you know. <laughs> and, and it seemed like everybody in the world was happy that, you know, that it went down the way it did. So I thought that was cool, but, you know, maybe the powers that be, you know, didn't really see it that way, you know. So, but I, I just feel like this if you allow shit talking to go on, then, you know, it should be okay when an athlete. You know, talk shit with somebody, whether they hurt their little feelings or not, it don't matter because, you know, we get our feelings hurt all the time from fans, you know, or from participants on the boards, you know, so, you know, let's not 
not always against us when we hurt somebody's feelings on the board at the same time, you know? Yeah, there are a lot of, there's a lot of good things about the internet and there are a lot of bad things about the internet. As much as I love the, the forums and stuff like that, unfortunately, uh, sometimes, you know, pros like yourself and even media people like me will get a lot of shit slung at you and you, you just have to have very thick skin or else it, it can end up being a bad situation, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'll be honest with you, man. I believe that since we are so easily gotten to yeah. as, as athletes, I don't have to wait to the magazine to come out and buy it to find out about you. You know, I don't have to pay for this to ask you this question. All I got to do is get on here and talk about your mama if I want to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I can get on here. I can get on here and call you a punk if I want to, right. and wait for you to get pissed off about it. You know, and that's so we, we're we're too easily accessed with this internet I believe that, and I believe what that do that does is that decreases our value yes. and makes us less marketable to me you That's, know because back in the day man I got to get these magazines so I could see what shows Paul Dillette has done because I haven't seen him compete this year so I'm buying the magazines just to find out what show a guy's been true. in whereas now I could just send a guy a message and say what show you doing next you see what I'm saying yeah I, uh, so, I back in the day man uh, my first uh uh, bodybuilding show, Mr. Louisiana in 1996 or something, Mike Matarazzo had a uh, seminar. And I'm not kidding, there were probably 500 people that paid $20 each to see his seminar. Yeah. You know, if you do a seminar now, you might get 50 people in there. Now I want to talk about uh, illegal stuff. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. That's, that is that is definitely true. 50 people if you're lucky. You know what I mean? There's plenty of yeah, seminars yeah. that don't even get that many. So, uh, yeah. but, the, but the bad thing is, the one thing is we'll, we'll never go back in time. So those times aren't going to come back, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, so to, I guess to sum it all up, um, I've had some of my biggest negative moments in bodybuilding, which were a learning experience. And to me, um, those things are what help build your character and help and help prepare you for future endeavors, you know? So for me, it's like, all right, so I know what it looked like to not to be holding water on stage. I know what that looks like now. I know what it looked like to be lean as hell, but flat. I know what that looks like now. I know what it looks like to be lean, but holding water. You know, I got you, okay, cool. So, so those things, aren't doing anything but helping build what I'm gonna be. You know what I'm saying? I, so, 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 so I'm just, in all actuality, I'm happy for everything that has happened because it's helping create this motherfucker that's gonna be unstoppable soon. Good. You know? yeah. I'm looking yeah, forward yeah. to seeing that very uh, in yeah. New York or sometime right around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, when February time frame, I see what I'm looking like. I pick a show. We'll go from there. I've been talking to uh, I've been talking to Chris Cito a little bit. We've been we've been going back and forth a little bit with a few ideas. He's old school. I'm trying to bring a '90s physique back. He was the king of the '90s before all these, you know. Guru, you know, he was the guru before the word guru even came out, right? right so, right. you know, I've been talking to him, man. So we might get together and do something. Um, so. Yeah, I'm straight. You know, I, here we go. Failure is not an option. When I get there, it'll be damn Cedric at his best. Well, and man. it's a rapper, nothing less. I, I can't wait to see that, Cedric. Thank you so much for <laughs> for spending so much time with me. Uh, I know that's late at night, and you got to go to work tomorrow, and so. I really appreciate it, and thank you very, very much for coming on Access Bodybuilding. It's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. 
Yeah, it's all good, man. And um, one more, all my all my brothers out there in bodybuilding, Evan, Chef, um, Ed. All my, I'm sorry for getting your names, but I'm rushing right now. All y'all dudes that I done came in contact with with the sport, man, I love y'all. Uh, I appreciate y'all. Um, my man, Mayor, hey, it ain't no hard feelings, bro. I hope you feel good. I'm cool. I ain't, you know, it's all good. Um, I hope I ain't create too many enemies out there with that shit. But anyway, I love this sport. It's my sport. I ain't going nowhere. Well, thank you very much, Cedric. I appreciate it. And uh, I hope to hear from you again. As soon as you pick out a show, let me know so we can have you back on to talk about it. Yeah, oh, no, you know I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about it five days out. Okay, five days out. You got it, Cedric. All right.